Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you download our free Living Truth app. And now here's the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 7 through 16, called Equipped to Serve. We need to be unified around who God is and how you get saved. You have a Jehovah's Witness come to your door. Hello, sir. Oh, I have coffee for you today. Come on in, right? And then you say, sick them. No, you don't do that, right? Okay, so you're going to have a conversation with them, and they want to talk about whether or not you should serve in the military, why you celebrate Christmas, should you salute the flag. Look, we can have those discussions, but if we don't talk about who God is and how you get saved, it doesn't matter what we believe about the other things. Are you with me? So when you have a conversation with somebody about spiritual things, realize that the enemy works in these two areas, the light of the gospel and the light of Christ. And so stick to those areas. Say, who do you think Jesus is? Oh, well, we think this. Okay, let's compare that to what the Bible says. And then we need to make a defense, a reason for the hope that we have, yet with gentleness and reverence or meekness. And that's a word we looked at last Wednesday, which means power under control. So we don't slap people around with the Bible and make fun of their beliefs. That's not what we do. I said that in jest when I said, (laughs) but what I am saying is we need to show them the love of Christ and the truth of Christ. We are to attain the unity of the faith, the knowledge of who Jesus Christ is, the Son of God, to a mature man. That means we're to grow up to the measure of the stature, which belongs to what? There's that word again. The fullness of Christ. We're back in Ephesians 4. Uh, During the Arab-Israeli War of 1967, an American reporter was flying over the Sinai Desert with an Israeli officer, and they spotted some 50,000 stranded Egyptian soldiers who obviously were dying of thirst. And Many of you are watching Egypt and Syria with great interest uh, in the last uh, several days. Man, pray for our leaders. Boy, they need wisdom. And so um, they saw these 50,000 troops stranded, Egyptian soldiers dying of thirst. When the situation was reported in the newspapers, a number of world leaders and organizations tried to do something to help. But every time a plan was suggested, some military, diplomatic, or bureaucratic obstacle prevented it from being carried out. By the time help came, thousands of soldiers had died. How equally tragic it is for churches to spin their wheels in programs and committees while thousands around them are desperately in need of spiritual water, the spiritual water of the word, and they don't get it because we're too busy doing other stuff. And so Paul says we need to grow up. We need to become mature. Now maturity obviously is a process. We all know that. We all started somewhere, right? You know, whenever we're talking to someone, we need to realize that if you've been a Christian for 20 years, a six-month-old Christian is not going to be where you are. They're not going to have all their theology down. They're not going to have all their end-time stuff down. They're going to be where they are. And so you have to realize as a person that you need to meet people where they are. Amen? I'm going to have a different discussion with someone who's been a Christian for 20 years about morality or things like that. I'm not changing my morality, but I'm going to probably attack it in a different way, uh, maybe uh, about certain subjects than I am with someone who's been a Christian for six months and vice versa. You know what I'm saying? 
Paul says, I've become all things to all men that by means of that I might win some. You never compromise the message, but you certainly have to meet people where they are. Now, as a result, when we mature, 14, we are no longer to be children. NIV says, then we're no longer to be infants, tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine. That word simply means teaching by the trickery of men. Now, Paul reminds us again that men are at the heart of the trickery, inspired by Satan, no doubt, by craftiness, that's sophistry. The Greek word means, actually it was used, uh, the, the idea of trickery was used in the rolling of dice when people would fix a dice game, kind of like people would do it in poker, you know, slipping the, the ace up their sleeve. That's the idea of this language. Intentional trickery, and you have people being blown around by these men uh, who are crafty, and they spend their time in sophistry, cunning, treachery, and deceitful scheming. They lie in wait, King James, to deceive. Boy, the Bible is full of this kind of stuff. And it tells us we've got to be mature in the, the true faith so that we, not, we are not blown around by every wind of doctrine. Have you met somebody like that? They blow in, hey, you won't believe what's going on over here, man. Wow, their hair's all wacky, right? And then the next time you see them, I'm over here now and I figured this out, but they're everywhere. There's no stability. They're kind of like the proverbial tumbleweed. You know, tumbleweeds, they just blow wherever. Get stuck under cars, they're prickly. You know what I'm talking about. They don't have deep roots. And we meet them, we're like, well, what's going on with you now? Oh, I'm over here now. I'm trying a little Buddhism. I'm over here now. Right? They're everywhere. And Paul's saying, look, we need to grow up. We need to mature. We're no longer to be like little children tossed here and there. What do we know about little kids? Well, they kind of just blow with the wind, right? right? They're not real stable in decisions that they make. And we expect that because they're little kids. But there's a time to grow up. I've told the story before, but it's worth saying that if I was to walk in a house and saw a six-month-old with a, a bottle in, being held, I think that's a perfectly fine picture. But if the 15-year-old came out of the bedroom with a bottle, how you doing? I'd be thinking, there's a serious problem here. There's a time for milk, and then there's a time for solid food. And Paul, uh, the writer of Hebrews says, solid food is for the mature, Right? So Paul says, if you want to simply explain verse 14, he says, grow up, because if you don't grow up, you're going to be blown around for the rest of your life. We're in Mexico down at the blowhole in, uh, near La Bufadora, and we used to go down there and surf. Friend had a, his dad had a uh, house on the beach. And so we're these teenage surfers, and, and Mr. Green was the dad, and we were, we were haranguing him up and down. He used to surf years ago with a big board in Hawaii. Come on, Mr. Green, go out surfing. Come on, come on, come on. Right after about two or three days, we wore him down. He took this big old canoe out there, and he was going to surf, right? Well, the waves were pretty good that day, so we're out there you know, woo, surfing. Mr. Green was caught on the inside. And he's getting blown around everywhere, losing his board. And we're like, where is he, right? He's still caught on the inside in the washing machine. Well, he stepped down and a jellyfish got him. And his foot went, 
Right? He's sitting on the shore in agony. Yeah, you ratty kids! I told you, right? They had to take him into town, Epsom salts, right? I always use that as an illustration to make this point. When you get blown around by every wind of doctrine, you're eventually going to get stung. And it's going to hurt. And I have people sitting here tonight who can tell you, being caught in movements that ultimately proved to be wrong or misleading, and they realize, you know what? I needed to get out. I was caught, right? And sometimes you can't see it when you're in the middle of it. Colossians 2 says that their hearts may be encouraged having been knit together in love and attaining to all the wealth that comes from the full assurance of understanding, resulting in a knowledge of God's mystery that is Christ himself. Go to Colossians 2. It's just the uh, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and then Colossians. So just two books to your right. It's talking about uh, 2.2, Colossians 2.2. Paul's talking about resulting in a true knowledge of God's mystery that is Christ himself, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Colossians 2.4. I say this in order that no one may delude you with a persuasive argument. For even though I am absent in body, Colossians 2.5, nevertheless I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good discipline and the stability of your faith in Christ. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him, very similar language to Ephesians 4, and established in your faith, but just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. See to it that no one takes you captive, 2.8, through philosophy and empty deception, according to the tradition of men, according to the elementary principles of the world, rather than according to Christ. For in him all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. Jesus is God. He is the one true God, and in him are all the deep mysteries and treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Let's go back to Ephesians and we'll finish it. So this is body life. This is what the body of Christ does. Christ gives the gifts to build up his body so it will be strong, so it will be protected. Think of what a shepherd does. He strengthens, he protects. And so he says, after talking about the deceitful scheming of certain men, 15, he says, but speaking the truth in love, one writer said you could say, truthing it in love We are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ. We are to hold fast to the head, Colossians 2.19, from whom the entire body being supplied and held together by joints and ligaments grows with a growth which is from God. One writer said, truth without love is brutality, but love without truth is hypocrisy. Let me flesh that out. If you never want to tell somebody the truth because you think it's the loving thing to do, you don't really love them. Because if you really love somebody, you'll tell them the truth. Now, it can be hard to get to the truth sometimes, right? Sometimes we have a, want to have a conversation with somebody, we're like, we can't get it out. There's a certain timing, there's a certain tact, but at some point, if you love somebody enough, you will tell them the truth because you want to protect them. But if you only tell the truth without love, 
You can be brutal. There's some people who are truth tellers, but they got no tact. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. Producer Rob Newton here, and on behalf of Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team, thank you so much to our financial and prayer partners. Whether you have given a one-time donation or you have become a monthly partner, you have contributed to our mission to reach out with God's truth to all people and helping listeners like you apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You've heard that before, right? Well, we mean it. Thanks to our financial partners, we have added three new radio stations this year. Our prayer is to bless our new listeners the way we have hopefully been a blessing to you. If you're a longtime listener, would you please consider becoming a $5 a month partner? That may not seem like much, but every little bit makes it possible for us to continue our broadcasts, podcasts, and free apologetic events. Please become a partner giving at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com to donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. There's a certain timing, there's a certain tact, but at some point, if you love somebody enough, you will tell them the truth, because you want to protect them. But if you only tell the truth without love, you can be brutal. There's some people who are truth tellers, but they got no tact. Tact ain't their long suit, and it ain't their short suit, and it ain't their middle suit, right? And let me tell you something, and you feel like you've been run over by them every time you talk to them. There's got to be a balance in there. We are to truth it in love. We're to talk to other people just like we'd like to be talked to if we were blown off course. How would you want to be treated? How would you want somebody to pick you up and get you back on the track? That's the way you ought to do it. And I think um, God will be glorified. Final verse. From whom Jesus is the subject, 16. The whole body being fitted and held together, so it all flows from the head, by that which every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part. What does it cause? It causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in what? In love. If you want to see true church growth, let me just put it this way. True church growth is your growth. You are the church. True church growth is my growth. I am the church. Are you with me? True church growth is not simply numerical growth. Now, every pastor who is honest will tell you numerical growth is a nice thing because it tells us that there are people coming and there are people inviting and there are people winning others to Christ. Nothing wrong with that. Good, numeric, consistent growth is a blessing, but it ain't an end all. What we really need is not to have just church growth for the sake of filling chairs because if we're just trying to fill chairs and look at budgets and numbers, we've lost our way. 
True church growth is the building up of the body of Christ in love so that the body is strong and people start to take their gifts to the streets and use them. And then we know the church is growing. And all God's people said? Amen. That's what it's about. That's exactly what Paul is saying. That's the kind of uh, growth that is flowing from the head who is Jesus. Turn to Hebrews 13 and we're done. Hebrews 13, I leave you with this benediction. Where we've been talking about the idea of equipping and uh, the writer of Hebrews ends his particular letter as he talks about the superiority of the head Jesus in every respect, the superiority of the new covenant to the old, the superiority of Jesus to the law, to Moses, to, to the priests, everything. And he says these words. Let's go back to verse uh, 18. He says, pray for us. We are sure that we have a good conscience desiring to conduct ourselves honorably, honorably in all things, Hebrews 13, 19. And I urge you all the more to do this, that I may be restored to you the sooner. Now the God of peace, who brought up from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the eternal covenant, even Jesus our Lord, equip you in every good thing to do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom or to him be the glory, forever and ever, and all God's people said, amen. Amen. Father, we thank you that you've given us uh, a blueprint for the church. Thank you that Jesus, when you ascended on high, you sent the gracious Holy Spirit. Thank you that you've sealed us with your spirit, and he is the down payment guaranteeing what is to come. And thank you that he's our helper, our parakletos, our comforter, the one who comes alongside to help. We need all the help we can get. Thank you that we have a great intercessor in heaven, Jesus, who's ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. Fill us, please, tonight, Lord. As much as we can take, we'll take. As much as you want to give, we would love to receive. Whatever you want to impart to your people tonight, extra wisdom, extra power from your Holy Spirit, extra grace to deal with a difficulty or situation. Father, even additional gifts that you would want to impart, we believe that you want to pour out blessings, uh, grace upon grace. And so we just are ready to receive whatever you have for us, Lord. We believe in your sovereign will, and so as you would will, Uh, Please grant to us what we need to please you because that's what we want to do. Thank you, Father, for these passages that talk to us about uh, what you've done in the gifts. You've you've given certain uh, people to the church. You mentioned pastors and evangelists for the building up of the body, but you've also provided so many other joints and ligaments and parts that the ones even unseen are more important than those that are seen. And together they make a a body that is to glorify the head, Jesus. And you are the head of the church. And we want to glorify you, Lord. The head is the one who gives instruction and tells us where we're to go and what we're to do. And so may we just be really sensitive to your leading, Father, this week ahead of us. I just want to lift up these precious folks tonight, each one of them, are here because they wanted to hear from you tonight. And I just pray that you would bless them, open their hearts to what you'd have to say to them. 
in their individual gifting and calling. Thank you for, I, I know most of the people here personally, and I'm grateful that they are walking in the gifting. And many are desiring to do more, and it's not just about more, it's just about being in your will. So just help us to, to know that tonight. If you're not a Christian tonight, just keep your head and heart bowed. Jesus Christ is the answer. He's the one true God. And he loves you. And you're here tonight for a reason. Don't walk away from missing that divine attachment because if you don't have that, none of this other stuff applies to you. You're not even part of his body because you haven't come into that relationship. But you can. You can come tonight just as you are. We all started as babies coming into the family of God. So just right now, you don't have to have perfect words, but it's something like this. If it's you, just open your heart. Pray it out loud. Lord Jesus, come into my life. I've sinned against you and I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you that you died on the cross for me. You rose from the dead. I trust you. I believe in you. Make me your child. Lord, for those who are just trying to articulate words of belief, confessing you with their mouth that you're Lord, may you bless them. For Christians who are here tonight and just need a fresh invigoration or a fanning of the flame, may you fan that flame, Lord. and Help them to just hear your voice and to respond in a way that's appropriate to what you would say to them. And Father, for the rest of the saints, those who may be sick tonight, those who may have loved ones who are ill, I just lift up those people that are on people's hearts tonight. And I ask, Father, for a fresh infilling of your Holy Spirit for each precious person. In Jesus' name we pray. You've been listening to Equipped to Serve, Part 3 on Walk in Truth. That was Pastor Michael's teaching in Ephesians 4, 7 through 16. Remember, if you missed any part of today's program, you could listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you'd like to learn more about Walk in Truth, our church, and the events and studies we have going on, then download our free Living Truth app in your app store. The Living Truth app is the one with the red logo with the pillars. Now, here's Pastor Michael. You know, one of the bottom lines about being equipped to serve is that it's really what the Lord has for us. He wants us to be equipped to serve him, the head of the body, and to serve his people, his body. If you are not serving, you are missing a big part of what it means to be a part of the body. Now, I realize there are some exceptions to this, right? But even if you are, uh, let's say that you're you're uh, a shut-in and you can't go out, and maybe you know radio ministries are your church. I get it, and we're so grateful that you're listening. And I know many of you have become prayer warriors. But for the bulk of the body of Christ, one of the ways that you're going to serve, and let me just back up, those of you who are at home and you're praying for the body, you are serving. But let me just talk to the others who maybe you haven't been plugged into a church for a while. Maybe you're just an attender, in quotes. You go to church, but you're not being the church. Let's get real. That's not what it's all about. It's not just attending and scoring what you experienced on a Sunday morning, brethren. That's not church. To be the church is to be a functioning part of the body 
that contributes to the building up of the body. And that's where the passage took us. Every joint doing its share, every part doing its share, to the building up of the body of Christ, the building up of itself in love. And every part of the body is necessary for that. So if it's time for you to get back to that, then get back to that. Now, sometimes you may say, man, I feel ill-equipped, even though you just taught on being equipped. What do I do now? Well, here's another layer. You put on the new man. You say, what is that? (laughs) You take off the old man. Be careful now how you say that, because some dads will take that personal, right? (laughs) We were in a meeting earlier with one of my sons. One of my sons, actually, two of my sons were in the meeting, but one of them said, the old man has to die. And I said, hey, hold on a minute. Anyway, he was using the vernacular of the Bible, the old self needs to die. It has to be crucified. Metaphorically speaking, it has to die so that the newness of the new man can thrive. We're going to be talking about how you put on the new self starting tomorrow in Ephesians 4, 17 through 24. Hey, tune in. Keep us in prayer. Tell a friend about what you're hearing Thank you for those of you who are partnering with us. We appreciate it. And Lord willing, we'll see you right here tomorrow. And one more reminder that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. Thanks to listeners and church partners like you, we're now on three more radio stations. So praise God. Hey, if you're a longtime listener, please become a partner of at least $5 a month. You can visit walkintruth.com to donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. And join us tomorrow for Pastor Michael Lance's teaching in Ephesians 4, 17 through 24, called Put On the New Self. I'm Mike Massaro. Hey, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.